What is up, guys? It is Stu. It is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. Tom Gallagher, how we doing? Good. Hanging in there. So uh, it's it's in the ether somewhere. You guys can go listen. I had uh, I had Tom on the podcast one time uh, with business partners, uh, his wife. With we talked about the sweat net thing. We did that uh, at a local co-working spot and then had one again where you just came in the office at urban movement i think we just wrapped for like an hour um real quick just do the do the 90 second uh intro for everybody who's not up to speed sure yeah so my wife basically i I work for my wife we work together but i work for my wife everybody does uh she she started a company called sweatnet sweatnet is a the easiest way since your audience is mostly in the, the gym space. Sweatnet is a marketing company for gyms. Our main operative is to get people to go to gyms. We take photos, we do video, we do that sort of thing. But we also have a membership side that we sell a membership, $10 a month, people pay us, uh, and we put on events. That subsidizes the cost of our services to the gyms. That's the easiest way to look at it. Yeah. And you guys started Sweatnet when? 2016. All right, so 2016. Pre, what were the best numbers pre-COVID? How many subscribers? We got to around, I think it was like 6,000 subscribers paying monthly. And then what year did you launch the license model? Uh, so we started licensing, I think, our first expansion city was 2018. Got it. And then you, how many cities did you have on license? So... Pre-2019, or pre-2020, pre-pandemic, uh, we were slated to have 20 cities operating. Uh, so they were in different stages, but I think we maybe had 10 up and running. Got it. Maybe 12. I don't, I don't know exactly, but it was it was growing rapidly. And and the thing that's interesting about your model, too, is you, I mean, f- you know, for if everyone's not familiar with SweatNet and you were to go and look them up and what they do... You need someone who's willing to, A, do the hustle and grind of going around to all the different studios, doing the whole thing, social media savvy as fuck. Um, it, it just, there's a lot, there's a lot of components for someone. But for, I mean, at that day and age, and even today, to be that Instagram influencer and have that opportunity and have a playbook and get to be that fitness influencer and sure. have the brand name behind you, that worked really well. And then obviously, you being in an event space, um, a lot of people are always seeing the, the vlog I did with Shakti Yoga, where you guys would just come and fill my building with 200 twerking, glow stick, half-naked bodies. We, for did, the, we did it last night. We were, did we you were, do? We were at Lenny Boy last night. Oh, uh, shit, for Shakti? Just under 200 people. We filled the space. Dude, yeah. it's, that's just the craziest, raunchiest. I mean, it's like, it's, 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 it's a, an EDM fest, but with yoga, no Molly, at least, I mean, I would assume. There are people. Yeah, yeah. Le- okay. <laughs> Less Molly than fucking Ultra or sure. regular EDM Fest. Yeah. Uh, still pre- Molly's still present, though. But, yeah, it's fucking nuts. And, um, well, that's, I mean, the events are going good. Obviously, 2020 kicked you guys in the dick big time. Oh, yeah. I, I We've talked about sweating a lot in the other two podcasts. I remember you and me went and got beers. And I've told this story maybe to a handful of people um, about, in the spirit of like capitalizing on opportunity. Sure. So Tom is, you're not a fitness guy by trade. You're a business guy by trade. You're just like, what idea. gives it away? <laughs> <laughs> you're an idea guy by trade and you see things other people don't. Sure. There's a company a lot of people are probably familiar with called Flywheel. They were a, um, one of the co-founders of SoulCycle left, went and created Flywheel. 
flywheel especially was meant to be and was the more competitive version of it was this the performance performance it was the performance studio of yeah soul cycle of soul cycle yeah. yeah and you know they had a leaderboard and you know they cared about your torque and your power number they had this whole thing so the one in charlotte is in a a high-end neighborhood a one percenter kind of neighborhood called myers park and that location did really well during the heyday of boutique pre-covid and then it was always, though, that that model that is like what I call the celebrity instructor comp model, right? Mm-hmm. Like the more popular the instructor, the more you get paid per head, sure. the more you get paid. It just, it's that model. And then COVID, you know, kind of crushed those guys. I think, you know, the company is probably overextended. They tried to release a Peloton Ascolite bike. Yeah, I mean, that was one of their biggest missteps pre-COVID was they, they decided we're going to go compete with Peloton and, and just abandon our studio model. Yeah. Uh, and, you know... Peloton sued the shit out of them. Sure. Sued the shit out of them. And so when COVID hit, they were not financially ready to sustain that like other companies were. Yeah. So Flywheel as a, because uh, they were not franchises. They're all corporately owned stores at the time. Yep. Flywheel folds. They come, they file for bankruptcy and they're done. Yep. And there's this location, this retail spot. It was a really nice retail spot in this nice neighborhood. It's right next to this Chipotle I drive by all the time. And it just laid there dormant. And I never once ever thought to go and walk and poke my head and look in. You yeah. did, though. Yes. You did, and you see everything is still there. The bank hasn't taken any of it, necess- or hasn't relocated it for the most part, and you had the idea to contact, and you probably did your research. I'm going to let you tell the rest of the story. Sure, for, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so uh, Flywheel had a lot of debt, a lot of debt, and you know their landlords were you know one of the people they were not paying for a long, long period of time. Um, and so what, what we saw happening and I, and I have a business partner in, in what we're talking about, uh, what we saw happening was, you know, people were going in and walking out with stuff from flywheel, you know, was, I'm not going to name names, but you know, there was equipment entering or that was there and was no longer there. And people so who we, still had keys that were just like, fuck it. Maybe they had keys. Maybe it was other people, but okay. yeah, it was, sure. it was, uh, the, the equipment was disappearing. And so the, the conversation was. You know, should we try to actually legitimately get this equipment? And, you know, I, I had no desire to open a studio because we work with studios. Yeah. Like, we work with studios, and it would be very competitive of me to open a, a cycling studio. But the opportunity was too prime to just say, you know, let's, let's, not, let's not look at this. Yeah. Uh, so we reached out to the, the landlords, and we said, who owns the equipment that's inside there right now? And Flywheel's in bankruptcy. They're, they haven't exited bankruptcy. They're in bankruptcy. Who owns that stuff? They claimed it. I don't know if they actually owned it, they, but they said, no, that's ours. That's ours. Yeah, I mean, probably in the lease because if they um, if they abandoned, there's probably an abandonment clause in there. If sure. you abandon shit in there, we now own the rights sure. to it. Yeah. And I said, you know, what, what are your plans? Obviously, you're looking to lease this space. You're not going to be able to lease this space with this equipment in here. What are your plans with it? I can, I can maybe help you throw it away or whatever. Um, so we went in there and we itemized everything that was in, in inventory and a lot of shit was stolen. Uh, they originally had like 60 bikes. There was only 35 left. Um, so a lot of stuff was missing, but we, a lot of missing bikes. bikes. we itemized them, we tested each one and we gave them a report of, okay, these bikes are in a, a, you know, a, a state of disrepair. They were pretty brand new. Um, and we offered them pennies on the dollar, pennies on the dollar for what the bikes were worth. And the first offer, they're like, sure, pick them up. That's crazy. Pick them up. And so we had bikes before we had any plan to open actually a physical location. 
that we, we had to figure out should we get a box truck? Should sure. we get a storage container? Where are we actually like worst case scenario? You do nothing with it, and when the market come, turns back on after post COVID, right. you're able to resell the equipment. Yep. And so my background with Sweatnet, we do pop up events outside all of the time. We're still this is in you know 2021. We're still kind of in COVID. Um. So the the idea is let's take this opportunity, you know, the silver lining, I guess, and say you know people are not. Some people are not comfortable working out indoors. Let's open an outdoor studio. Let's just put these bikes outdoors. And so the, the, the quest was find a venue that will house 30-ish bikes and uh, you know figure the rest out. And we were shooting from the hip. We, like, we were honestly just shooting from the hip. Was your plan like to put them all in a box truck and drive around, like go to the venue and... You know, because you weren't going to probably find a venue with like a carport or so, like some giant overhang, the like or a hangar to like keep store them. Like we were so winging it that we didn't know. We were honestly, I was pricing out pods. I was pricing out buying a container that we could put on like a, a location, shipping container, a shipping container. Actually, two of them because we would have needed two, and just like storing them in, then wheeling them out every day. Yeah. Um, just because the bikes were so cheap, any business model made sense. Sure. Like any stupid model would have made sense because we, we basically got these bikes for free. Um, and one of the first places that we contacted was, uh, we did work with, um, or I, I did photos on the roof of Green Brothers Juice, uh, three years ago. And I was like, that would be a perfect location. Reached out to them, got the connection, uh, to the owner of Green Brothers Juice. His brother is the landlord. Um, and so we, we, you know, went back and forth, super accommodating. He's like, yeah, you can use the space, try it out for two months. If it works, let's enter a lease. Let's let, you know, let's, so let's just give you, give you a two month trial, basically two month trial, like a handshake agreement, nothing documented. We're up on the roof, basically weekends. We just started with weekends and the, the first weekend sold out. Let me just paint a picture for everyone on this. So this is a um, think of a retail shopping plaza, very modern looking, very nice. It was just built a few years ago. Mm-hmm. There's a really popular pizza spot right there on the corner, a really popular coffee shop. Cream Brothers Juice is a local brand with multiple locations that does very well. Grocery store. I mean, it's just it's a great fucking plaza. And you are on one of you're on one of like the premier streets, you know, this main thoroughfare in yep. this neighborhood called Dilworth, which is a, again, a very expensive, good area right in the downtown scene and the roof. But like, you got to think like the roof, like, so what are they climbing up a fire escape out there? Like it's, it's interesting because you have access from inside the building. Well, it's, so our, ours is not actually access from, well, you can get access from inside. You'd have to go through the yoga studio, uh, which is Y2 yoga. Got it. Uh, but there is an outdoor stairwell, uh, you know, nice stairwell. That so you, you just go to the second floor. Just walk up, you take a left, and you are on basically, we have, uh, you know, fake turf. Yeah. Uh, up there, and we, we have all 30 bikes out there. How many square feet do you think of space on that roof are you using? We are using about 700 square feet. 700 square feet on a roof, laid down some turf. Two, so two, but you obviously, the trial went well. First, you sell out the first time. First class, yeah. S- sold out. Uh, and so, so the, we, we kind of skipped the part is uh, all of the flywheel instructors are unemployed. And, you know, again, golden opportunity for us. We don't need to train anybody. We have all these people with an audience that, that, and a following and clientele that love them. I said, hey, you guys want to, you know, start teaching to your yeah. people again? <laughs> they, were, they were at home streaming. And, and this is the thing that I don't understand is why somebody would stream 
a cycling class when you have Peloton? Like, what are you going to really, really compete with Peloton? So, but they they did, and they had that loyal of a following that they had people with Peloton bikes that were paying them, you know, per class to stream with them. Wow. Um, so over the Peloton, uh, they, they put their iPad on the Peloton <laughs> over Peloton. You know, instead probably, of a yeah. twenty-three inch screen, you're on your little nine-inch iPad, yeah. watching these instructors, and and so that's how loyal the following was. And so we, you know, we reached out to them, and we got all veteran instructors. Well, how much did you know about it? Because the Flywheels model had about fifty bikes in there, correct? Yep. Maybe it was, I guess maybe closer to sixty then in some scenarios. You no, know, it was it was fifty. It, it was the, 50. the room was fifty. They had additional bikes, bikes in the back. They break all the time. Yep, you have yep, to yep. replace them. What were fly? What was flywheel pain instructors? What did that like comp plan for those guys look like? So I mean, because you had to have known kind of what that bar was at, so you knew what to you know propose to them. It was, and so we you know we pay our instructors pretty much the same rates that flywheel was making or paying their instructors, and it's based off of how they fill the class. Uh, and on a per class basis for the the senior instructors, they were making around one hundred fifty to two hundred dollars per class. So, what what's a per? So is it tiers? Like okay, if twelve people attend class, you're making this per head. If thirty people attend, you're making this per. Is that kind of how three it breaks tiers? Up? Yeah, three tiers, and then based on the seniority of the instructor, uh, those tiers are you know they go up. The, the maximum, so even if you're a, a junior instructor versus a senior instructor, the max is always around the same $200. Did you keep those, did you keep that same model? Yes. Even though with, with fewer bikes, we kept the same price. Explain model. the tiers to me. I'm curious on this. So you're looking at, you know, $200 for a full class. Uh, and, and by full, we mean, we mean like 95%. Got if, it. if you have, you know, one or two bikes that are empty, whatever. Your utilization rate is 95%. You're yes. looking at 200 bucks. Right. Okay. Uh, the, the tier down from there is like 125 and then the tier down from there. And this is for the senior instructor level, the people that we started with, uh, the tier down from there, I think our minimum was $75 per class that we're paying. It might be 50. I'm not sure, but it was in the 50 to $75 range, which is above like senior instructors regularly making elsewhere. Wait, so if 95% utilization is tier one, what was the utilization rate they needed 50. to hit? 50% for tier two. Yeah. Got it. That's, you know, there, most people listing this, you know, basically go off a, a per hour per class type price. And there's fear around that idea of paying instructors based on their celebrity status and following. Cause what happens when they leave, which flywheel had an exodus. They had a huge sure. fallout with a ton of their instructors prior to going out of business. A bunch of them got pissed. They left. They started trying to start their own thing. Yep. It was a whole deal. Did you ever did you ever look at that model? Did you do you see that as a vulnerability in that model? No, I mean if if we sucked at what we were doing, I, w- I would worry about it. But you know, in and and again, we were shooting from the hip so much that we we were just trying to see if this worked. Uh, but still, now that we know it works, uh, we're still not concerned about it because if we have a good product, and the you know the celebrity instructor pulls somebody in, they they will stay because of that instructor, but they'll also stay because we have a good product. And so if, if, you know, Sarah leaves tomorrow, uh, I don't think she's pulling all of her clients with her because her clients are enjoying the classes and we have other great instructors. And so I think that's the, the misconnection. I think a lot of people like, well, celebrity instructor, everybody only goes to their favorite celebrity instructor's class. Right. Is the schedule set so that like, you know, a Brie or like a popular instructor is... 
up. I'm always getting the 6 p.m. on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That way my people know always what time to go. Or do you move the instructors around to create kind of a, a round robin or like a, a circulating opportunity for everyone to have a popular class time? So with the with the amount of classes that we're having now, we have enough sub opportunities where somebody, if somebody has like a popular class time, uh, you know, they'll, they'll get a sub and, and, you know, somebody will fill that spot. But for the most part, people are sticking to their times because they have that following that, you know, Denise is 8.30 tomorrow, 8.30, maybe 8, whatever. Uh, but she's very consistent with that and she's going to be sold out every single time. People love her. They love that time. They're going to be there. So if we mess with that, uh, you know, and, and we put maybe a, a new instructor, we just hired a whole bunch of new instructors. If we put a new instructor in that time, you know, maybe maybe people are starting to look at other times and they're trying to shift their routine around. Yeah. Uh, but we're not really rotating on a time basis. Okay, let's try a different instructor in this slot. Unless it's not working. Unless that unless the class is, you know, under 23% or 25% utilization, we're not going to mess with it. It's um, a lot of people are, again, going back to the fear of doing that and somebody leaving. You, got, you obviously haven't really felt that fear. Have you guys had any churn of, have you had, you know, any of the instructors see, okay, cool, I've got my success back, i got my following back, I'm getting paid, I'm going to go elsewhere. And again, with Flywheel being gone and studios like Ride or Die being gone, um, (laughs) there's 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 not as many places to fucking go. Right. Cycle Bar, uh, did they shut down as well? No, so they had an exodus... of their instructors. Okay. Um, so the Midtown, you know, a few of the locations, the a lot of instructors left. Uh, we picked up a few instructors. Some of them went, uh, I think there's a South Park location that's opening okay. up as well. Um, but you haven't, lo- you guys that didn't have anybody jump ship yet? Not necessarily jump ship. I mean, we've had some people that started with us that are now teaching at other studios, not Cycle. Got you know, it. Th- I mean, there's a lot of that happening. Mm-hmm. Um but no, I mean, there's there's no, I mean, we no hard feelings, and we're not sure. worried about it. I mean, we don't feel like we're going to lose clients because, you know, uh, particularly because what we're offering is very very different on the, you know, in the offering side. It's a cycling studios for one are very very specialized. I mean, and you're, you're, it's leg day, right? I mean, you're not <laughs> <laughs> leg day every day, <laughs> right? So the, the, it's you know, if you're doing cycling, you know, if somebody's going to go teach at a Pilates studio, that, that's not competition for us. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing is we're outside and, and it's, it's a different offering than, you know, cycle bar. I don't even feel that we are competitors with cycle bar. So let's, I want to kind of wrap this around because people, there, there's probably a lot of questions as to how this operation actually happens. So you have a great knack for branding. You do a very good job with that. Um, what did you end up calling the studio? So we, we named the studio sky cycle. Uh, we, liked obviously the popularity of flywheel we wanted something simple soul cycle we're outdoors let's just call it sky cycle and the outdoor open air concept legit open air concept was so favorable during covid so with did you find that most people coming in during that 2021 you know post covid but not really post covid time that was the main selling point for them. Like people who you might not have ever, if it was 2018 and you popped this model up, they might sure. have never shown up. Or are what you finding like, no, just people w- just wanted to be doing spin and they just couldn't go anywhere else and do it. The latter. Okay. It was the latter. We, very few of our customers, and there are some and we totally respect them, but very few of our customers are like super COVID conscious and, Got it. Uh, you know, like wanting to be spaced out and whatever, um, maybe less than 10%. Uh, the other, you know, the majority of it is people just wanted to, to cycle. And now our dilemma right now is 
we've become very much a destination and not enough of a routine because we're an outdoor studio. And so people think, yeah, I'm going to go try that. And, or this is going to be fun for the weekend. But now our challenge is, okay, how do we get you there on Monday, on Recurring, Wednesday, yeah. on Friday? Making it a pillar of the schedule. Correct. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> just for everyone listening. So like, cause everyone's like, well, wait a minute, how do they handle music and what happens when it rains? And I'll walk me through all the logistical things that an indoor boutique micro sure. studio doesn't have to worry about sure so we keep so it's a it, it's a you know the same equipment that flywheel had uh, same shoes that flywheel had so we we house you know 400 sets of shoes in outdoor patio boxes uh every every bike is covered with a grill cover you know amazon <laughs> basics grill cover every <laughs> single bike is covered after class we cover with a grill cover I love it. Um, so for our music, we use so with Sweatnet on the Sweatnet side, we we you know bought a bunch of silent disco headphones. Explains it for everyone. Some people who are not cool explain what that is. Oh, silent disco headphones. It's it's a one to many. So you wear headphones and you can hear the music and the instructor coming through the headphones. Everybody hears it the the exact same time as the instructor is saying it. Uh, to people that are not in the class, it just looks like a lot of people silently doing something but the people are in the class they can actually hear it and do it for any of you guys who are not super cool and never really got into the club scene silent discos were a big deal you'd have two dueling djs and everyone would just be in a club with headphones on and so if you walked in without headphones on it was the creepiest weirdest fucking thing in the world but like one dj be playing everyone's dancing then another one goes back and forth and yeah it was a whole thing yeah um, and so that that is our sound system because we're in a neighborhood that has noise ordinance. Yeah, you can't blast music, right? And so one of the one of the pillars of Flywheel was, and I, I actually still think I have hearing damage from it, is they had so loud music. If you were like on the right side of Flywheel towards that right side, uh, like it was so fucking loud. The woofer was like right in your fucking right there, ear. and and that drove people to Flywheel. They loved just feeling that beat. And so the only way we could get a similar experience was just piping it right into their ears. How did you when you were thinking of recreating the client experience was it just like okay let me try Flywheel already did a great job with it. They yes. just they just had bad money situations yeah. happen. Just try to recreate exactly to the T. Don't don't try to get fancy and I'm Tom and I know every like I I see every you see every fitness studio was yeah. Flywheel. Or I mean was sweating that. Like was it just follow their game plan or did you see some did you see any glaring holes that you were like I can do that better? Uh, it's not necessarily better but it's cheaper. Uh, and so, it, you know, with Flywheel, Flywheel was a luxury brand, a luxury, you know, performance brand. And, there, you know, we looked at uh, actually renting the same space. I mean, the, the rent on that space is astronomical. How much do they want for that space? Oh, man, it was it was like 50-something per square foot. It was Jesus crazy, Christ. and it was a yeah. giant space. It was giant. Um, and, you know, we, we really seriously contemplated it, but, you know, I didn't want, again, I didn't want to really open a, a traditional studio because I have the sweat net side and I, I want to maintain that. Um, but so back to your question is we, we needed to differentiate, uh, and do it differently because, you know, flywheel collapsed because of their spending, you know, they, they collapsed because of how big they got and they couldn't sustain it. SkyCycle, on the other hand, we have basically no overhead. We 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 pay very very cheap rent. We don't. How, how does the rent model work? Uh, it's, it's a tra- it's a traditional lease. I mean, so we have a traditional lease. Um, that's what we worked out. But it's you know it's outdoors with no amenities. We 
We pay per square because you got seven hundred. Like, do they base off the seven hundred square feet? Is that kind of what they base your rent off of, or is it a like you can work back to it on on the, the square foot thing? But it was really you know here's the handshake agreement, and we're just going to modify it to say okay, you know, a, around this range. Okay, um, but you know, it's it's minimal. It's very very small. Okay, very very small. I mean, people with traditional brick and mortar would just. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they knew how much we were paying, it's yeah. so, so low. Because that's rent is everyone's biggest nut in the beginning until the business hits sophistication. Then it's payroll. Right. That's your biggest nut. Rent second yep. and then everything else. Yeah. So, okay. So you, the luxury brand, you know, to be a luxury brand, it's very expensive and you overpay for things that ultimately people really don't give too many fucks about for the most part. And you can do for less expensive. Sure. So you fix the audio. You got the you got these things covered up, bike covers. You've got really good inexpensive rent because you're on the roof. Talk to me like class schedule. I mean, it's you know clients want you. You're saying I want to create a routine around this. Well, it's hard to create a routine when it fucking rain. It's Charlotte. You know, it could be 80 degrees and beautiful today, yeah. and literally raining in 12 minutes. I think I check the weather more than the weatherman does. <laughs> Um, that, Do you have like one of those like things on the roof to like? I wish it's, it's like a remote thing. It gets the air. The, oh, yeah, I've literally got one. It's in that box there. I was gonna get it for the roof because I was installing a retractable awning, yeah. and I needed the, the engineers needed to see what the wit, wit, uh, the wind is. You can have it because I can't return it to Amazon. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no! So we in the, in the business model. So when when we got the bikes, I'm like, okay, we need to have some sort of plan. We put together a pro forma, some financials, and we we estimated we are going to cancel 20% of our classes. If we have, you know, if we if we host, you know, three classes a day, um, you know, 21 a week, is that the math? Yeah, 21 a week, we're going to cancel 20%. We in reality with a year or just under a year of operating, uh, it's closer to around seven to eight percent cancel. Oh wow! Yeah, that's. Yeah, you were also only operating in the mornings during the summertime, crack. Because like it's Charlotte kids, it, it's fucking brutal out there. We would have one sunset ride per week, um, just to see and experiment with that time and see if people would show up, and they would. But we we cut that class time to thirty minutes. Got it. You know, yeah. we, we called it a sprint and we cut it to thirty minutes. So you know, if you were going to overheat, it was just kind of. An, an abbreviated overheat. So, because uh, when we were talking and you're like, yeah, are we right? Because at that time, you were only running, I think at the time, maybe you were only running morning classes. So let's go uh, in Charlotte for everyone, you know, um, I tell people a story. When I came to Charlotte, I uh, I got to my job. I was working at this Globo gym. I literally just driven in from Nashville, Tennessee. Never been to Charlotte, only been to Charleston. And I walked in, I the, for one of the first things I said I, that came out of my stupid mouth, I asked somebody, I'm like, I haven't seen any palm trees. <laughs> and this dude's like, what are you fucking retarded? He's just like looking at me and I'm like, and is the where's like, where's the beach? Like I had no, I'm geographically just not, I'm inept, just absolutely ridiculous. But for everyone who doesn't realize, Charlotte gets cold as fuck it does. from about, not, it's not even December. It's like January. January. Yeah, it's yeah. January and February, uh, like the first half of March. This year was, it's ran a little bit longer, but yeah. What do you guys do when it's just cold as fuck? Do you just people just still just show up in in layers or? Yeah. Uh, so we we bought three outdoor heaters. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's seven hundred square feet, so yeah. it's not necessarily that hard to to bring some heat in. Um, but yeah, we bought three outdoor heaters. People show up in layers, and they get used to taking the layers off as they the class. go. I mean, our our instructors, same thing. They start with like a winter jacket on, like one of those marshmallow puff winter yeah, jackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Class starts. 
by the end of the first song. So three minutes in, they're down to like just a, you know, you know, windbreaker basically. Yeah. By the end of the second song, they're in a t-shirt. Um, and that was the same for most of the clients. And, and so that was the thing is like we, in contemplating this, we had, we asked ourselves the same question. What are we going to do? Like, do we just close? Do we close during the winter? Um, but the answer was, let, let's just fuck around and find out. Yeah. Let the market tell us. Right. And let, let's see if we can do it. What heaters cost us $400. Like we risked $400 to see if we can have winter classes. Um, and it worked. Yeah, It worked. Our, like, yes, we had way less people showing up way less people showing up in the winter. Um, but again, with our overhead, you know, it was whatever. I was, uh, I had a gym owner come and do an, uh, come and visit. And it was a, uh, it was like a Friday or something. And he came in on a Thursday. I picked him up. We went and had coffee and he's talking about opening a gym. He can't afford brick and mortar. He's like, I'm going to be, I want to be outside. He's yeah. in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. He's like, but in a similar weather pattern to Nashville. He's like, but dude, you know, for those winter months, it's so cold outside. And we just drove around, and I just pointed out every fucking runner that was just running around. It's in 6 a.m., 7 a.m., yeah. cold as fuck out with those, you know, Ranger panties, short shorts that fucking crazy runners run. I'm like, dude, listen, people who want to do it will fucking show up. There are boot camps that are outdoor only that are still, that have been surviving for years. Right. F3, look at Camp Gladiator, look at all this shit. Like, you will be fine to go outside. Don't use the weather thing as an excuse because psychos, people who wake up in the morning do so because of one or two reasons. They're fucking a psycho. Yeah. Or number two, they have to because of the schedule. Yeah. That's it. Like, I have to do it or I love doing it. Right. And those that love doing it, they're not afraid to give you a little cold. No, absolutely not. I was I, I, I don't think I pulled the trigger. I was going to text you on Thanksgiving. I think it was Thanksgiving. We had one of our cold days in Charlotte. Um, it was probably like 20 degrees out. 20 degrees out, 7 a.m., packed class. On Thanksgiving Day? Thanksgiving Day. So we had a, a power hour, yeah. you know, Thanksgiving Day, power hour, full class, right? And so, you know, what what causes people to show up for that? It, it I think Thanksgiving around then, there was still snow on yeah. the, the turf up there. Um, but the question is, like, why are, why are people showing up for this when most people would be like, I'm not going to go outside right yeah. now. Like, that, I, like, I, like, a, we don't have a dog right now, but like I'm not going to walk the fucking dog because it's so cold. <laughs> yeah. But people are still showing up to a one-hour sure. class outdoors. Yeah. Oh, and, it, and it's up on a roof. That means you have, wet, you have, you wind, have wind out. Yeah. You have wind, yeah. which is way even, makes it even colder. What are you guys, what's the, talk to me about the pricing model. When you, you obviously knew exactly what, what was Flywheel charging per class? $28 a class. And then did you guys just adopt the same model? We dropped it to 25 25 So still pretty, a pretty expensive drop-in. Um, I mean, maybe not on the grand scheme of things, but uh, I mean, it's still up there. It's a premium drop in. And for everyone's keeping score at home, like they're like, okay, well, he dropped the price twenty eight to twenty five. He doesn't have fifty bikes. He's got thirty ish bikes, whatever. Yeah. But how are the margins? Remember, kid, there's no fucking overhead to this thing. Right. Like uh, you, you could have dropped even further and paid instructors even more, and still had a fat profit margin. Fat profit margin. I mean, it, and that's that's the thing is everything is. Every bit of growth, like after the level of, you know, four months is printing money. Like every additional member, like we don't have necessarily exponential overhead. Yes, our, our instructors scale with the amount of people that show up, but like that's built into the model. Mm -hmm. um, we pretty much break even if four people show up to class. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and, 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 and honestly, with our, with our membership now, I mean, we break yeah. even if, if one person shows up. So... Let um, your membership model, 
are people mainly piffing packs of classes or are you doing an EFT, a monthly subscription? Uh, we do monthly subscription. We're actually shifting more towards a monthly pack. Um, and for the re- the reason why we're doing that is so we, we do the monthly unlimited subscription. That was what we pushed heavy for the first year. And we realized that people had some sort of uh, reservation, even though they're unlimited, if we cancel the class for weather, they feel like they're getting less. They feel like they're, they, they've paid some amount of money and that class was canceled. So when you say a monthly, a sub- monthly pack of classes on subscription... Monthly you, unlimited. Monthly, so there was a monthly limited, but you say what you're switching to, is, is it like frequency-based pricing where it's like eight times a month, 12 times eight, a month, 16? Yeah, eight okay. times a month. Got so you it, get eight okay. credits per month yes, as opposed yeah. to an unlimited amount. And I yeah, think, uh, frequency-based pricing. So yeah. what we can do there is if they buy in for that 8 or 12, if we cancel the class, we'll just put credit. that credit back yep. into your account. Way easier. So for somebody on the unlimited thing, it didn't make any sense if we said, okay, well, we're going to give you a credit. And even though it's the exact same thing sure. both ways, like the, way, the, the, the perception on the consumer side is, okay, well, I'm getting that back since you canceled the class. For everyone listening, I'm, I'm the biggest fan of frequency-based pricing for, for pretty much almost every studio model of micro gym model out there and even i always like the idea i love the marketing power of unlimited but it's like unlimited asterisks it's really actually only 16 classes you can then pay a la carte for if you want to come 17 times 19 times 24 times that's fine you've got to be on that limited you only get 16 and then we charge you you know whatever 50 to 60 percent of whatever your per class rate is as an add-on for every because who's really coming more than four times a week minimal people minimal um but yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's the thing with the unlimited. And I've got a lot of gyms that just, they like that unlimited only. They want to go with that. But it does, there is a psychology on the consumer side where, you know, it's like you have unlimited, but I feel like they feel like they're getting robbed the most sure. when shit like that it goes wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Or if they don't, if they don't utilize it, if they don't utilize the unlimited, which is like, you know, the double zero, the infinity, yeah. if they don't utilize it, they feel like they're, they're overspending. Yep. Right, but if you have credits and it's like eight credits, well, I only used two. Eh, I wasted six. Big deal. Sure, that's way different than wasting infinity, mm-hmm. right? And so there's some psychology to that that we're really shifting away from that unlimited, and we're we're shifting towards those you know recurring class packs. How many people are currently like how many members currently does SkyCycle have? Just under a hundred. Yeah, just, just under hundred members. It's impressive, man. Yeah, I mean. And anyone listening, like double digits in a, for, again, for anyone else, I'd say, well, that's, we got to work on that. But not like for you guys, you just have this luxury. Right. Oh, my God. So you, you strike, you know, again, you, you seize an opportunity here. You do what everybody would love to do, but think it wouldn't work. Most of us like arguing, like go, go to 2018 and 19. We would argue, yeah, but that that's not going to work. Weather, uh, elements, inconvenience, blah, 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 blah. COVID happens. It makes everyone rethink it. It's 2022. Charlotte's completely back to fucking normal. And right. It has been for a minute. And you're still not taking it inside. Right. You're keeping it there. Are, have you thought about, uh, I mean, again, finding, that's harder. Where am I going to find the second fucking rooftop to hang sure. out on? Yeah. No. And, and so we, we had honest to God conversations about taking it inside. That's when we looked at the flywheel space. And, you know, we said ab- our model works outside. I mean, and this is, you know, the, you know, Saturn car company, you know, they, you know, they, they were crushing it with college cars and they said, well, let's make an SUV. Let's make a, let's make a sports car. They fucked themselves. Yeah. Right. And same, same exact thing that Flywheel had. They were the, they were the leader, you know, aside from SoulCycle in performance cycling, indoor cycling. 
And then they said, well, let's, let's do the at-home thing and we'll compete with Peloton. They screwed themselves, right? And so for us, we have a very good small niche that's working. And so we have zero plans to go inside. Yep. Absolutely zero plans to go inside. We would absolutely scale this um, into another, you know, we don't have plans for it right now, but into another location, multiple locations, if we can find the talent. It's not the, yes, even though we basically stole the bikes, it's not the cost of the startup. It's getting the, the talent uh, of the instructors and, and knowing that we can have good, solid instructors to start. And I don't want to train people. Uh, my business partner, Jen, doesn't want to go through that either. Um, you know, but if we can have good talent, yeah, we'll start a second location. Break down for me what this talent means. Because there's some people listening and they'll tell me, like, I've got a great coach. He's this certified, this certified, exercise science, knows everything. And then, but I go and maybe observe his 5 a.m. class. I'm like, I'd go to the fucking sleep. Like, sure. he can't make me laugh. He's not getting me pumped, whatever yeah. it may be. But he's a great coach, Stu. He has all this talent. I'm like, in group fitness, you're just like, I think, a flight attendant, just like a stand-up comedian or a Toastmaster or whatever, you realize you are putting on a show. 100%. The fitness that you deliver is second. And there's some purists in the fitness industry, especially like in the CrossFit scene, anything that, with the barbell in hand that obviously really wants precision in their coaching because they don't want people to get injured. And I get that. Right. You, but I look at that as like the bare minimum. Do you like your doctor because he actually prescribes the right medicine, or do you like the doctor because like he doesn't make you feel like you're at the doctor's office when you go to see him? Right. That, that's what that's talented. Yes. At least how I think of it. Yeah, I think it's the studio's responsibility to prescribe the right fitness modality that's safe and effective and whatever getting the results. It's the instructor's responsibility to be entertaining. That that is what I, I believe. Yeah, they they should follow the modality and they should you know stick to it, but. We, we have people on our podium that had no prior experience to cycling. They were just really, really entertaining people. And they know how to, so we, we ride to the beat of the music. And they know how to cue to the beat of the music, right? And so they have a little bit of tempo with them. I, yeah. I, have, I have no tempo. Um, <laughs> uh, again, I'm sure you can tell. If, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're watching this, you can I, tell. I, I imagine you were, you were in a breakdancing club on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. that's my dream. Um, but so, I mean, but going to that, like, I think maybe, you know, entertainer, I think maybe some people hear that, and I, I get shit on for this all the time. Take the word entertainer out and put in the word addicting. They need to be addicting. Yeah. Like whatever it is that's addicting about them, because they motivate me, because they look the way I want to look, because they make me laugh, because they whatever the fuck it is. They're, you that's what you need. It's like a Warren Buffett said, find something that costs you a penny you could sell for a dollar and is addicting. Sure. Like that's the best business model ever. Absolutely. And and what we do with our instructors is we make sure we don't have the same personalities on the podium. Because so what makes Denise attractive is very different than what's what makes Sarah attractive or Lindsay attractive to different riders. And so if, if you want somebody that, you know, doesn't give a fuck and just wants to say like, just like word vomit uh, and you want to laugh during class, you're going to go take Lindsay's class. If you want to get like pushed and like beat the fuck up while you're riding, like a, a like, you know, an awesome performance ride, you're going to go take Denise's class. Right. And, and so we have these different personalities and what we tell them uh, in our trainings is, what cartoon character are you, right? Because if, if you have your personality, what, who you are at home, uh, if you think of, if you ever had a, like a caricature drawn of yourself, like if you have a big nose, I have a big nose, like the person that draws it, draws it bigger, Yeah. right? That's how you need to be on the podium. I don't need you to be a fake fucker, right? I need you to take your traits and amplify them 
because people will then be attracted to that. That's a great way to put it. It's a phenomenal way to put it. And it, and I think what that does is it makes people lean in, but you also start, you know, it makes them lean in to things that actually are authentically them and make them unique. But then for you, you're starting to like create this roster. I got the fit, you know, or like the really buff, looks intimidating, but sweet kind of chick. I've got the dude who's really fucking funny. I've got this girl who's kind of unassuming, but a badass. I got this one with the tattoos that looks like fucking the female version of Machine Gun Kelly. Like, like I've got the whole lineup. I've got, I've got all these different players and it allows people to have different, like to relate to different instructors. 100%. In that model, how is, is there a competitiveness amongst the trainers for certain class spots or to be, you know, you know, you know, Trainer X, his class is a 92% utilization rate. Mine's only at a 70. Is there like, do you then go like, hey, why is that happening from trainers? They're watching each other. I mean, so everybody has access to, to see what the utilization rate is. So they definitely know. And we spiff our instructors on top of their regular uh, pay rates. So if, if somebody's crushing it the entire month, you know, they'll get you know, some sort of bonus or whatever. Um, but yeah, they're, they're definitely watching each other. And there is a competitiveness, but it's not cutthroat like it's it's not you know a, a competition where they're trying to take down the other person it's it, it's like um if you're like when stand-up comedians talk about it like they'll watch each other's sets and try to learn not because they're trying to copy or imitate it but it's like what did you do in that class that worked right right like what is it how is it what you're engaging is it your playlist and i want to get into the music side of it in a second sure. but like is it the playlist in that or is it really is it like you know you know, Soul Cycle is really big into the mantras at the end. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of instructors in, in the spin world have like an, a closing class kind of thoughts, things to leave with. You know, hey, this is the last song. Whatever's been busting your balls all day at work, we're going to leave it all out on this last ride. Yes. Things that, I mean, I've literally, even at Ride or Die, um, I watch people cry. Yeah in the class yep. during that last piece that's kind of become very status quo for the cycling industry to have this like very zen mantra you know get into your feels kind of thing so talk to me about that like is that do you guys is that a, is that still a is that a part of sky cycle kind of uh so we have i think it's our in our programming our third to last song is a song where that we just have the instructor shut the fuck up for the most part and so it's more of a, like in their playlisting, they, they try to pull in not necessarily an emo song, but a song that is going to have a little bit more feeling where somebody can, you know, if they want to close their eyes and ride or just sure. crank through whatever the fuck they're going through, that part of the ride. But for the most part, we don't go too heavy into the, the mantras yeah. or that sort of thing because it, we still want to be a performance studio. We have the metrics. We want people to be increasing their numbers class after class. Are instructors required to create their own playlist? Yes. What are you guys using for that? For them? Play, yeah. Spotify or? Uh, it's 50, 50, eh, maybe not 50, 50, mostly Spotify. Some of the instructors are using Apple Music and I think we have maybe one instructor using Fit Radio or something. I don't, I don't yeah. know what it is, but yeah, something else. Got it. And the, the thing that's, you know, spin is so music driven, right? Like, um, if you ever attended the spin studio where there was some kind of a musical glitch, speaker glitch, and there was no music whatsoever, you literally have just paid $23 for the worst time of your entire, yes. entire fucking yeah. life. Have you guys had, like, I mean, those headsets, right? Like, are those, is it like uh, Orange Theory 1.0 when Orange Theory first started where the TVs would lose Bluetooth connectivity and ant connectivity constantly on the heart rate monitors? Like, do you have a bunch of, like, 
technical issues that happen during class? We have technical issues, but I like to keep it on the back end and not the front end. So I am obsessed with redundancy and making sure we have redundancy. So if shit goes wrong, because when shit goes wrong, uh, that our consumers don't know. Uh, so we, we haven't had a class where the class hasn't had sound. Got it. But we've definitely had a class where something was broken and, you know, it's panic, you know, 30 seconds up until the class is supposed to start. Um, you know, we've, we've had a class where we started 10 minutes late, I guess, maybe one. Um, but the headsets are pretty, pretty, you know, it's solid technology. Like, it's, it's not advanced. I mean, it's, it's radio technology. It's, it's just old school radio. Um, so it's, that's not difficult. You know, and on, again, on the SweatNet side, I would much rather set up a silent disco class than I would a class with four speakers. Sure. Way easier for me to run. You, you know, I'm, I, I listen to this story and I'm like, it's, there's kind of a little conflict of interest someone could look at. Be like, sure. well, you've got SkyCycle and you've got SweatNet. Are you going to be hosting more SweatNet events and associating SkyCycle? Are you going to be pumping? Because what people maybe not realize studios will come to you and be like, hey, how do I get on your calendar? I'm a, a SweatNet affiliate, right? Yep. I want to have an event. And when you guys advertise it, because then it's going to go out to a bunch of people. I'm going to get a bunch of leads. Like, I mean, guys, literally, they would put on an event, and I'd have 200-plus people show up filling out my waiver on a Friday fucking night. And now I have 200 legit fucking leads. Real leads. Real fucking humans that walked in, and I got to meet, shake hands, you know, I'm helping some girl get the fucking highlighter off her arm or whatever. Like, um, I, I, I've got beers. I'm handing them out to people. Like, whatever I needed to do. And that that is a real fucking thing. Yeah. Like, two, that, that's more leads in one month than most gyms might get in six. Sure. Or in one night that most gyms would get in six months. Did you ever have, like, a conflict of interest or any studios like, whoa, 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 are you going to pimp your own thing now a little bit too much? Or, I, Well, so the first thing is I don't go around advertising that I'm doing both. And, and, you know, I guess that's kind of quelled some of it. But for the most part, the cat's out of the bag. You know, I'm, I'm an owner of SkyCycle. Um, but, no, and we're very specific with SweatNet. We don't play favorites. Uh, you know, when Erin was with us, she worked at Metabolic. We didn't just say Metabolic, 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 right? Even though, you know, Metabolic is a premier gym in Charlotte. Like, we were very specific not to only feature Metabolic. Uh, same with SkyCycle. I mean, even though, like, that's something I have ownership in, it's SkyCycle has to follow the same routine that every other gym has to do. Um, and that's what my wife handles. You know, you know, she, she'll, she'll make sure of that. Yeah. Where, so, I mean, you got SweatNap, you got SkyCycle. Which one do you see the future, like, if you had to, because, again, you go 50-50 to two things. Yeah. Right, or 100% in the one thing. Where do you see more of your actual time going in the next you know, three to five years. Neither. Okay. <laughs> yeah, on, honestly, neither. And that, and that's, you know, kind of always been the plan is, uh, you know, we don't want to be stuck in these businesses. The, the goal is to make sure that we can build the business to where we not necessarily exit in a sale, but we can exit in a self-sustaining. I was talking to my business partner the other day, um, and she said, you know, she went down to the studio to drop something off, and she's like, why are there people here? but there was a class going on. And so we've gotten to the point where, you know, we, we have classes getting added and whatnot, and we don't even know, and it's running and it's operating without us. That's the goal. Yeah. We want this to run and operate without us and, and not necessarily have to spend a ton of time. Maybe 
maybe, yes, we'll scale it, put some more effort into that um, second location or whatever, but not not throwing a whole bunch more time into either Sweatnet Charlotte or, you know, SkyCycle in Charlotte. So what I teach these guys and, and a lot of my content, you know, there's, there's four common exits for a studio or micro gym. You, you sell it. You become a shareholder, which is what Tom's talking more about. You still maintain ownership. You might maybe reduce the amount of money you take home or something and, and p- plug a few more HR people, a few more staff in there. So you're really more insulated from it, whatever it may be. But you still own it. You collect money from it, but it is far more passive than anything Um you might give some ownership or some profit share to some employees to really kind of golden handcuff them to it. But you kind of step more into a shareholder uh, type scenario. And then there's replication, right, where you could replicate enough of those locations to yep. where you don't need to have the flagship one anymore. Sure. Franchise it, license it, whatever. And then there's, unfortunately, the the worst scenario. Um, unless it was 2020, it's actually a good scenario. Liquidate. Liquidate. S- yeah, yeah. Sell all your shit. Those are really the four. Right. You're essentially talking about the shareholder kind of thing, like kind of exiting that way. For the most part. I mean... We for both sides of things. I mean, on the sweatnet side, we we have you know we still have plans to have Replicate. that rap, rapid growth and, yeah. and scale it to have you know hundred locations. Um, but in terms of being in the business on the day to day, you know, boots on the ground, like setting up for events or, or managing a class schedule at SkyCycle, no, there's no interest in that. And with SkyCycle, the margins are so good. Because that's the thing that's hard in the brick and mortar, and I, because I, I tell brick and mortar micro gym owners, you will never, ever, ever be fully removed from the business. Sure. You're never because it just the margins aren't there. You're, you know, you're not going to be able to have enough people between you and the front lines, like you having to go back and open up a class. Like, right. you know, you own a studio, you might have uh, two full timers, a couple part timers. Full-timer number one gets pregnant and leaves. Uh, part-timers two, three, and six fucking get whatever and move. Like, right. like and you're like, fuck, now I've got to go in and coach a class because it's the holidays and nobody wants, like, it's, you're right back in the damn thing. Yeah. So do you see the shareholder model working for you because you do have the margins to put enough people in between you and having to come back to, you know, check people in for class? We, we do need to grow it still. I mean, we, we need to, there, there are still the, you know, even tomorrow, in which I, we just canceled the class because we couldn't get a coordinator to fill it. And if we don't have a, a studio coordinator, and we only What's have a coordinator. Coordinator is the person that unlocks the boxes and hands out the shoes. They, they take the grill covers off and, you know, they get the space ready. Got it. Uh, you we, can't find somebody to fucking do that? We have, you know, so we have lots, but for some reason on Saturday, we don't have one for 7 a.m. And so it, and you it, don't want to do it. It, cu- it came back to, you know, Jen and me. And so Jen has family stuff and, and I'm, you know, basically, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't fucking want to. Uh, you, you know, uh, but there are many shifts where that, you know, not many, but uh, on occasion where I will just go be the coordinator. And so we're still in the business. I'm still in the business, even though, yes, I'm, I'm operating the high level. I'm down in the dirt. I don't think most of the, our guests know that I'm an owner. I think they think I'm a oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how it was. People, I mean, literally, I remember I I was taking a class at Urban, and someone's like, oh, you help out with the towels. Yeah, you towel guy. Towel guys. Like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm the sound guy. Yeah, <laughs> you're the sound guy. <laughs> I'm the sound guy. You know, if there's, a, if there's a, you know, the microphone's not loud enough, I'm up there fucking with it, and, you know, I'm the sound guy. Yeah, it's... It's so interesting, and I, you know, I love this story. is just so, uh, so such a cool COVID story because there's a lot of really shitty fitness COVID stories, and it, it's also too because I, I do know you got you guys got kicked in the dick real bad with COVID on the sweat net side. Oh yeah, and it's really easy. Uh, I saw a lot of people in the industry when COVID happened. You know, they're taking this big loss. 
And it just affected their entire mindset. They just kind of like just went completely like, fine, I'm getting out of the fitness industry. I'm yeah. going to go, I, I'm going to go sell real estate. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then uh, there you are getting kicked in the dick and you're finding another way to potentially also possibly get kicked in the dick. You don't know, but yeah. it's, it's a safe, it's a risk. It, it was a well, it was a well mitigated risk sure. low risk, whatever low, you want to call it. I would it. say it was, I mean, you're, we still put in, you know, 10 plus thousand dollars which is uh, still so so, so insanely low. low. It, it's I mean, but <laughs> no. like I mean, for most people, sure. it's, it's not that's not chump change. No, but it, it's no. it's still like there's risk. But we knew like we we had the belief that we'll at least make that back. Sure. And if we don't make that back, we'll just sell the fucking bikes. bikes. Yeah. Right. And in COVID, you would have done great. Yeah. Then absolutely great. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a it, we were in a very unique position. Uh. You know, and I think you mentioned this earlier, but like if if. 30 bikes showed up at my doorstep next week. I'll probably put them on a roof somewhere else and, and open a studio. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it's, it's the talent. It's finding the people that that's the bigger challenge for me than finding the rooftop. So what's the key for finding talent in a model like this? It's like, I got to go to the, the best winning spin studio in town and poach kind of like Barry's boot camp literally sends the corporately like corporate oh, recruiter, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, and he gets housing for three months in Charlotte. I bumped into him at the bar one time and he's just, he's like, yeah, I have a membership at literally every studio every here studio. and I'm going to find the very best talent and yeah. I'm going to lure them over to Barry's. That's my job. Yeah. Uh, I, if, if somebody knows the key to finding the best talent, please email me because that, that's, that is the ultimate challenge. That, that's the ultimate challenge. If I knew the answer, like we would have 20 studios right yeah. now. We would have 20 studios because it takes a unique person that is able to be entertaining. Most people are not entertaining. Most people, you know, I like you wanted me on this podcast. I'm like, why the fuck you want me on this? I don't feel like I'm entertaining. Um, I will never be on a bike because I, I can't, talk you know th these instructors are talking for 45 minutes straight yeah to the beat of the music and and like being motivating and whatever like it there's a talent there uh we give them programming we don't give them talent training and we probably should i mean you know if if any gym is you know worth a shit they'll probably yeah. take you know, them to improv classes or something something yeah something you know how how to be entertaining um but we, you know, you're just going to kind of run through people and you'll you get the people that stick and they stick and the ones that don't, you just have to move on quickly. I'd be so interested to like do an, go undercover, <laughs> get hired by Barry's and where they take you out to either the Chicago or the LA locations and they do their talent training. Like right. you go there and it, it's, it's part of your interview process yes. from, from what I've been told third party. And there is like there, I mean, like I've always recommended Improv classes with your staff is a fun, like, way for you to go, you know, go do improv, get a few beers, laugh, get out of your shell. Toastmasters classes, sure. you know, public speaking classes, anything like that will help you become more lively. Yes. It'll, it'll teach you the art of, because, like, group and fitness instructors, without realizing it, they are public speaking. They know a thing that this that the person doesn't, the, the consumer does not know. Right. And they are now you know, on their platform and for whether they're right, wrong or indifferent, they are, people are listening to eating it up. Like that's the person they're going to listen to. Yeah. But for spin, the one thing that's the other two, you have to be fitted. You have to be very fit to do that. You have to be fit to not be huffing and put like, if yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. right. If you yeah. want that, if you want that, uh, you know, you're not going to be a good instructor. No, like you, like, you need to be fit. So you're not huffing and puffing And that, Like they, like I said, they're talking through the entire class. Yeah. I'd like it, the, tell a CrossFit instructor, like, okay, during the entire workout, 
what they're doing, you're going to do. Right. And you're also going to talk through the entire thing. Yeah. That be it's very, very fucking difficult. And we have instructors. And so nobody knows. And that's one of the reasons that attracted me to cycling to begin with. Uh, I was a consumer before I was an owner. Uh, was nobody knows what resistance you're at. So our instructors will tell you, hey, be at this RPM, be at this resistance, but nobody knows. And so there's, I have my theories about, you know, where the instructors are, you know, they might be just, you know, mailing it in and yeah, be yeah. zero torque or zero resistance the entire class. Sure. Um, but I know we have instructors like Matt Yost, for example, like he's probably above the the range that he's telling people to ride at and, and he's not breathing hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and he'll, you know, he'll fill a class. People love him. Like he's a, he's a firefighter. I mean, he's a local firefighter and he teaches class like once a week for us. That's incredible. Yeah. And you, how long of a lease do you have signed on that roof? Is there just month to month? That's a good Is question. It? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a five year lease. That's incredible. So what, three more three more years on it? Four? And two, four yeah, two, three, uh, three and a half. Three and a half, okay. At the end of the five years, you renew. I mean, like, if everything is as it is now, and you're not, you're not at 100, let's say you've scaled decently, you've grown by uh, 15% every year for the next whatever years. Or, do you keep it going? Like, or do you really just, like, I only keep it going if I'm completely 100% removed from it? I think if, if it grows next year... Or, or th- in this n- this calendar year, uh, we try to early renew the lease. Yeah, y- you know, the price gets higher. R- rent is just going out of control yeah. right now. And yes, we're on a, a roof that is unusable for any other other means. Yeah. But uh, might as well lock it in. Might as well lock it in because you know if we know we have something, and you know it's going to take something worse than COVID because we're outdoors. It's going to take something worse than COVID to actually stop us. Have you had anyone come and pick your brain, like? Sky yoga, sky <laughs> CrossFit, man. Do you hear what I'm saying? Our, our instructors want to do it. So there's a yoga studio, a very good popular yoga studio right next door uh, to it. Not even next door. It's like, I think Underneath. they, they te- no, they technically own the rooftop that we're on. And we're maybe, I have no idea how the lease is actually structured, but like, I, I think the whole upper space is technically theirs. Got it. Um, they they let us use their bathroom, so we have bathrooms and showers oh, wow. inside uh, at at uh, Y two. Um, but our instructors want to do those mixed classes. But again, I said, you know, why are people coming here? It's because we offer yeah. cycling. Yeah, we it, offer cycling classes and do it well. And 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 you know, if if we offer a mixed class where it's cycling and yoga, and we we don't have a programming for the yoga or we have the studio that's right next door that does it better, then people are going to be judging us based off of that. And now what you think it's hard to find instructors previously, now you have to find instructors that are not only entertaining and addicting, but they have to be good at two modalities. Two modalities, They yeah. have to go get yoga certified. For you sure. Know? Like, and it's just, that's two different audiences. Yogis don't want fucking loud music and whatever they want. Well, and, and, and so the, the cool thing with the, the headphones is you can have two channels and you can have two classes going on at the same time. But if we did it, I would rather do it in partnership with Y2. Sure. Than to just have it be our own. Yeah. And, and you know, back to your question about the, the conflict of interest. If Sky, or not Sky, if, if Cycle Bar came to us and was like, hey, we want to do a class on your rooftop. Be like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I, I don't view, I'm not a fan of the whole saying collaboration instead of competition. Like, there is competition. There's clear competition. But I don't view people, you know, coming to this space and using it. If I can make money off that, if I can sell memberships, like, that's not competition. You're bringing me customers. Sure, yeah. Um, but I, I don't, 
I'm not really interested in entering other spaces, but nor am I concerned about other people coming into mine. Have you done any community events, got a projector, watched a game out there or a movie night or anything? Not yet. Uh, so we've been to a few breweries where we've brought uh, the bikes. We would bring two bikes. We'll bring two bikes. We'll set them up at the brewery and we'll have just some of our girls walk around. And you don't want to lug all 30 bikes down the stairs? Fuck no. (laughs) We move them once and I never want to move them again. But they're heavy. That was another question. It's like, uh, you know, security. You're leaving them outside. Are people going to steal the bikes? I'm like, good fucking luck. I mean, they're 400 pound bikes. You need a Batman fucking, (laughs) uh, you know, whatever, shoot shoot up on top of the roof, climb up a truck, a bunch of strong friends. We have have cameras up there, but like, if you want to come steal them, like, we'll see you first of all, and we'll see your friend that's helping you carry it because you are not moving it by yourself. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, we take two bikes to a brewery and we will set up, we'll send two girls around saying, hey, uh, whoever has the fastest I think it's the fat. It's it's basically uh, run to ten calories or, yeah. or whatever in CrossFit that you would do. But whoever gets the fastest time for that uh, gets. We'll uh, buy beer or whatever. I think we give them a fifty dollar or hundred dollar gift card Got to the brewery. It. Got. It. And so all the you know the macho guys are like you know yeah, hopping yeah. on the fucking bikes. The girls will hop on the bikes. Uh, and then no matter what, we just give them, hey, come to Sky Cycle. Here's a free class. I was busting balls. I was at uh, Sycamore, which is a brewery here in Charlotte, and. <laughs> Camp Gladiator was out there. They, they uh, It was a Saturday. They had all their vendors out, probably 15 fucking vendors. Camp Gladiator's out there, and they've got battling ropes, a slam ball, and, like, a dumbbell. And their thing was something. It was like, do this workout as many times as you can in seven minutes, and you get something. Whew. And I'm just like, it's midday Saturday. Everyone's dressed. Everyone's, like, left the house. If they fitness, they already fitnessed for the day. They're right. out drinking right now. Yes. The last thing they want to do is get fucking gross and sweaty and, and that whole for thing. Sure. That's always been the hardest. Like, when people want to do the outdoor events, they're like, do I lure them in with with a fitness? Like, same thing, like, the CrossFit gyms. They're yeah. always like, I'll bring in a salt bike, and who can hit 10 calories the most? Just like you said. I'm like, here's a better way to do it. Like, take the fitness out. Get uh, five, like, mid-size garbage cans and make like beer pong with just six right yeah, yeah. one two and then three in the back and do it on both sides and get your little med balls that you fucking do get the lightest weight one and be like hey if you make you know three shots in a row i'll give you a blank and make it fun because people that are drinking will play games that was you know and then completely agree with you uh especially as we're going into summer so we did that in february it was cooler it wasn't yeah. you know people weren't concerned about like sweating dick yeah, sweat yeah. and whatever <laughs> but it was you know they, they we had a lot of guys a lot of girls getting on the bikes Going into now, uh, what is it, almost May, uh, it's too hot. Yeah. It's too hot. We can't do that. Yeah. Get some branded cornhole bags and fucking be like, hey, you make X amount. What I, like, come up with different games and shit. Because that's something that, again, because the brewery scene is the best to do it. For sure. People stay for a long time. Three beers in, they're more willing to do shit they wouldn't do. And, um, yeah, and if you're entertaining and you've got, you know, you've got a game or some gimmick or something like that, people will fuck with it. I've I've had gyms do it with a, they got giant putting greens and they literally like bought these putting greens custom made and their logos in the middle. That has nothing to do with the gym at all, but it's summertime, it's springtime. It's a, they're down in South Carolina by Pebble beach or whatever the fuck it may be, wherever that is. And like, and it's Florida and the golf is a big thing. So like, they're just tapping into what the community likes to do. I just want... 30 seconds to be able to talk to you and tell sure. you that I exist and you should come to my gym and here's a free class. Yeah. Right. And if I can get people there one time, I can get them back. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, we, we spend a lot of effort on 
the people that show up, how do we make them come back? Yeah. How do we make them? And maybe they're not going to become members, but we need them back as yeah. paying customers. That's it. And, you you know, the, going back to the, the brewery thing was always great because it, and even it's not a brewery, anywhere you could serve alcohol, you go and buy a keg from your local brewery to support local. And, you know, if you're the kind of gym that kind of works hard, plays hard, that like that should be your fucking slogan, like sure. above there, and it literally set up actual beer pong or flip cup, and yeah. like let people play. Like, hey, yeah, these are like, get a bunch of your members to volunteer and come do it with you. Have them wear your branded shirts. That yep. way, they could talk out how great you are, and they'd be like, oh, these people work out, and then they like to go out and drink and have a good time. Fuck yeah, that's my kind of scene. Exactly. Let's. I want. Let's uh, take a step back and look at the the industry at a whole right now, Charlotte wise. We've yeah. had a lot of a lot of death, a lot of death in the industry sure. in Charlotte. A lot of turnover. Anything that you're you any brands you've seen pop up or you're you're interested to see pop up to see how they do. Charlotte's got Rumble coming, Solid Core's here now. So, and you obviously you know because of Sweatnet, you're going to be you'll know before you know they ever probably sign a lease that they're coming. What are you interested in? I mean, you said there's a lot of death, but there's probably twice the amount of growth. Growth. I growth that's happening. I agree. Um, for every studio that closed, there there's at least two that are opening or in the works of opening right now. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned Rumble. We've had an event scheduled with them for the past four weeks, and they keep getting rained out. Not at SkyCycle, but at SweatNet. Um, I'm excited to see those New York studios show up in Charlotte. Like, it's it's qualifying Charlotte as a real market. Yep. Um, and I think that's pretty awesome. But on the on the flip side of that coin is there aren't, you know, the studios that have closed and stay closed – are the, the, you know, the mom and pop or the independently owned studios. Yep. Um, and so that's, that's, we're not seeing a big return of that. Right. Yep. I mean, so like, yeah, Katie fit closed, which is a dancing studio. Um, but studio fire and AKT are taking its place. Both franchises, both are going to be awesome studios and not saying anything bad about a franchise, but it's not the independently, you know, it, the yeah. independent brands. Everyone, you know, a lot, everyone, most people here are small business versions like we're talking about. And the only difference when, especially when a small, an independently owned small business micro gym is talking shit on a franchise. I'm like, here's the, here's why you don't like them. Cause they're not underfunded and you are. That's sure. really what we're talking about. Sure. We're talking about underfunded yeah, gyms yeah. and appropriately or overly funded gyms. Yeah. And again, there can be death on both sides. Again, you could be overfunded like a flywheel and, you know, rest in peace. Um, but typically, though, you're just underfunded. You have no runway as a, a mom-and-pop micro gym. And that's, you know, again, any little hiccup, sure, and you're in trouble. Yeah. I think the other gym that, that's most surprised me right now is uh, ISI. Um, ISI is popping up everywhere. For anyone not familiar, ISI stands for Iron Sharpens Iron. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, they took the location. There's a location in Charlotte that was another fitness facility that never even the grant never even really got open. There was uh there was some shadiness stuff that happened. I forget the name of it. F- uh, not Pulse. It was something like that. Anyway, they took this, but they took over the spot. Oh yeah, the, the Dilworth location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I forget what it was. Yeah. Um. But anyway, ISI. I saw they did a thing at Sycamore. They had like I mean I don't know. It looked like they had a hundred, two hundred fucking people. Yeah, out I there. was there. I was I was doing photos for that event. Okay. Uh. Yeah. They had at least two hundred people. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, they brought a ton of stuff. But they have in Charlotte. I think we work with specifically seven of their gyms in Charlotte, in the Charlotte area. There's seven ISIs in There's Charlotte. Denver's opening, Rock Hill is opening, they have Dilworth, Elizabeth, uh, South End. There's there's a whole bunch of them, and they are growing so fast. And that's why I'm saying it's it's like one of the most surprising to me because where F45 was the gym where it's like, hey, we're popping up everywhere. Yeah. 
ISI is currently doing that in the Charlotte market. And I think, you know, we'll see, you know, if they can grow beyond that. Uh, they are already in other cities and states. Um, we'll see. We'll, de- we'll definitely see. But I, I didn't, you know, if you asked me a year ago, I didn't even see them on the radar. Sure. No, I didn't agree. even see them on the radar. But yeah. they are just like exploding right now. Yeah. Again, if you were appropriately funded, you could weather the storm. And I, uh, I had an owner say something to me. And he, he, he closed down and, He's like, I just, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. I was like, bro, from what you've told me, you were barely making it work in 2018 and 2019. Right. And if you were barely making it work then, what in the world made you think you would not choke and die the second that all your oxygen got sucked out of the room right. for a year and a half to almost two years? Yeah. Like, that, of course that writing was on the wall. Like, you have to be built. You have to be built to weather the storm. And, and you have to anticipate. It might not be COVID again. I mean, it might yeah. not be COVID again, but there will be another storm, you know, and, and whatever that storm is. and. Maybe it's personal shit, maybe it's not, but your business has to be built to weather that. And, you know, we were lucky on the Sweatnet side that we built a business with different streams of income, different opportunities for us to, and I hate the fucking word now, pivot uh, and and make money. Uh, but we were a well-built ship to handle it. You know, whoever was at the helm, we could have gotten through it. Um, and and I, a lot of gyms didn't have that. A lot of gyms were, de- you know, solely dependent on, you know, their owners or their managers putting in so much time and, you know, they, they couldn't make it through. Have you, have you had anyone hit you up other, cause obviously with your relationship with sweat at other cities, are people aware of sky cycle? Has anyone hit you up? And be like, dude, I've got the perfect roof. Let me license it or franchise it from you. Nobody yet. Uh, and it's, so again, I, I think this is going to be the first <laughs> okay. time of me publicly talking yeah. about my ownership. Uh, you know, I, I, we'd be open to it. We, we would definitely be open to it. Um, probably more of a licensing than, than looking at franchising. Yeah, I, no, no, I don't want to own you know somebody else's business, and yeah. I, I think that's the right thing to do, but we can help people get off the ground with some branding and you know some operations already. That's interesting. That's, um, I mean, that's a really interesting one to punch. Like, imagine you had a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. The girl really wanted to be the Instagram influencer. Right. She could license Sweatnet in her city, and this guy's more the business guy like you. He could do Sky Cycle. Yeah. And that's a really interesting one two combination. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a cool business. I mean, it's a cool business model. Cool, you know, the, the, I'm again, I'm not a fitness person, but the, the thing about fitness that I like is I like the lifestyle. You know, I, I wear the Lululemon clothes. I wear the Noble <laughs> shoes. I'm not wearing them right now, but like I fucking like the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, I, I, I barely work out. Like I'll spin and whatnot, <laughs> but it's a great lifestyle. It's cool people. Yeah. And, and that's why I got out of my, you know, the job that I actually made money at was, you know, in, in manufacturing, my, my big boy job. I got out of that in 2019 and I said, you know, fuck it. I'll just go all in. I'll work for my wife and we'll do this. Um, and I zero regrets. I mean, COVID hits four months later after I, you know, stopped that stream of income. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like it's, it's been so good. Like even, even as we've had to navigate tough times, like it's been really, really worth it. Yeah. Really worth it. I'm pumped, man. I remember you and me went and got beers. It was, it was close to winterish time. I'm surprised you remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had, we had a few. Um, and I remember you telling me the story and it was like, but don't like, let's keep this off the record for right now. Yeah. And I only told, I told a handful of clients like on zoom calls over the years when I, like I needed to just like zap them out of their fucking, their bitch ass state of like, Oh, I can't, there's no opportunity out. there. like, let me tell you a fucking story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, dude, Tom, this is, I, I'm excited for you, man. Congrats. I, 
I love unconventional success, especially in the fitness industry. If anyone is interested in maybe talking with you, whether they want to talk maybe about SweatNet or SkyCycle, uh, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Email me. Email me, thomas at sweatnet.com. That's the easiest way. You can message us on SweatNet. We have people that will answer that. But to get to me, thomas at sweatnet.com. Are you guys, is it, is it SweatNet or SweatNet CLT for you? So we, we own both, both of them, and a lot of other cities are operating under their own SweatNet, insert city name. Uh, but, yeah, if if you message a SweatNet, you'll probably get to me eventually. Just got it. But, yeah, Noted. E- email's the easiest. Dude, this was great. Thank you so much, man. Awesome. I appreciate it.